Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Filling in this week with Cody Jansen. Oilers Now brought to you by Digitex. Digitex Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. You can call us on our River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. 780-496-0063. 780-496-0063. That's also our Ashley Fine Floors text line. And it's been busy here this afternoon. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fly- Fine Floors. 143rd Street and 111th Ave. Open Monday to Saturday. And you can find us on Twitter at Oilers Now and at Jenner on PXP. All right. Well, now really looking forward to this conversation as uh, just recently inducted into the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame, former Edmonton Oiler defenseman, Dr. Randy Gregg. Randy, thanks for joining us this afternoon. It's my pleasure. How are you doing today, Cam? Doing very well. And uh, Randy, I just when I heard the news that uh, you were inducted into the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame. The first thing I thought about, you, you couldn't have picked a, a better guy to put in there. But uh, your thoughts when you found out that uh, you were going in? So I talked with one of my good friends, and he said, oh, Randy, you're very deserving. I said, you know, I wasn't a particularly good player. And uh, my friend Tim said, well, you did score 50 goals in the NHL. I said, yeah, but it took me nine years to get them all. So, you know, not a stellar career from the standpoint of points, but you know, the good thing about the Stanley Cup is they give the Stanley Cup ring to everyone on the team. So as much as we had some amazingly talented offensive players, you know, people like Lee Fogelin and Kevin Lowe and our, our goaltenders, uh, you know, they, they were strong players. And I, I think everyone realizes it's not easy to win the Stanley Cup. And if you're going to, you're going to win it with a, a group. So, of course, it was such a privilege to play with people like Wayne and Mark Messier and Glenn Anderson and, and, and Paul Coffey, of course, all the great players. Uh, but we were a bit players and pretty pretty proud of it still. Oh, absolutely you should be. Uh, Dr. Randy Gregg joining us here on Oilers Now. Randy, you played for the, the University of Alberta Golden Bears, uh, but you didn't go right from the Golden Bears to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, you went and spent some time in Japan playing there. And Cody and I were talking about it before we went to air this afternoon. you got to give us the story on, on how you, you went from the University of Alberta to Japan. Well, you know, first of all, I, I think I have to give the credit to, to many people. My wife for putting up with, uh, you know, all this the hockey uh, travel and things like that. She was never a big fan of hockey. She wanted to have a husband rather than a hockey husband. Uh, so she was great. Uh, the other thing, of course, the, the, the opportunity of playing at home uh, with the Oilers was a great one. I was a fan of the Oilers long before I ever became a player. So to have my friends and family up watching was, was a special moment. But I really have to give credit to Claire Drake. Claire Drake... Uh, uh, I will say he took a, a, a tall, slow defenseman and made him a tall, slow defenseman that knew a lot about hockey. And uh, in our fourth year at the U of A, it was 1979, and we're going to the national championships. And it was interesting because a fellow named 
Father David Bauer came to our table, and I'd known about Father Bauer, the 1960s uh, head, head manager and coach of the Canadian national team, a wonderful fellow, a visionary, uh, somebody who kind of wanted to have a, a strong team but really wanted to develop good young people as part of the group. And so I didn't really re- realize it at the time why he came over to our table with the Oilers. Uh, and it was interesting because we are in Moncton, New Brunswick, and all of us wanted to have a first time in, in the Maritimes, wanted to have a nice uh, seafood meal and it ended up being so costly that we all ordered alberta steak sandwiches because it was the cheapest there uh anyway the next year it was the olympics and so i ended up uh, luckily enough to be the captain of that team had a wonderful experience there father bauer was such a visionary when it came to developing individuals and so forth and uh and so it's interesting that the sixth place finish in the olympic game was a highlight of my career it kind of tells you how he was so instrumental in um you know in changing our lives a little bit so the next year you know luckily i had the opportunity to sign with many teams the new york rangers calgary flames the oilers and uh you know fortunately i guess for me i was in uh, first year medical school during my draft year it wasn't particularly good but who would waste a draft choice on somebody in medicine so i was a free agent so i could really sign with anybody but decided that i'd really want to stay amateur and go to the next olympic because it was that much of a a motivation for me to do that and so father bauer had some contacts in tokyo i was able to go there for a couple of years it was a great experience i was kind of a an assistant coach and player so i learned a lot from the other side of the the uh ledger when it came to to the uh, teams and uh but then eventually i realized that that uh, alan eagleson was sort of in charge of the olympic program at that time and and alan was somebody who was really entwined with the uh, national hockey league and so I didn't really think that it would be possible to stay amateur. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll try to play one year. Um, and then, you know, if, if I was good enough, continue. And, and if not, well, I'll just get on to medicine. And that one year turned into nine. We kept on winning those darn Stanley Cups, so it was hard to stop. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Dr. Randy Gregg is our guest. Randy, take me back to that, that spring of, of 84. I the Oilers had been to the final in 83, lose to the, the New York Islanders four straight, come back. You know, the, the city's primed up for this this rematch. Uh, and, you, and you guys had a pretty, like, it was a bit of a grind to get there. I know it went seven games with the Flames that year, I and mean, the Flames had a had a good club. And when it gets done and, and you you win in five against the, the Islanders in your hometown, so you got friends and family all over the place. You grew up here. You know, it's how special is that, like, from your perspective, because you're from here, to, to see the Stanley Cup in Edmonton, Alberta? Well, certainly to have my friends and family, my mom and dad were able to come into the dressing room and enjoy the festivities. But really, the story isn't the result. The story is, is the process. And that process started one year prior in Long Island, in the basement of the Long Island Nassau County Coliseum where we had a very very strong team some great players but we were beat by an even better team and at the end of that fourth game in 1983 when we lost four nothing to a much stronger team those fellows were were amazing they deserve all the accolades they got it was interesting because of of course uh, the first thing you want to do is shave off your playoff beard it's so itchy and things like that but as we finished shaving we all sat together and uh, Yaroslav Pozar, you may remember him. Yaroslav was my roommate, actually. I was in charge of teaching Yaroslav uh, English. He was a hard-nosed, older Czechoslovakian player, gone through a couple of Olympics, some world championships. 
And he got up and he stated, because he was a very quiet man, didn't speak a lot of English, but he, he said to all of us, including the big guys, Gretzky, Messi, and so forth, you know, you can score 92 goals, and that's great, but if you want to win the Stanley Cup, we got to learn how to play defense. We have to learn how to play as a five-man unit. And it, it resounded with people that, boy, we'd gone all the way. We, in fact, went back home and we're in a Stanley Cup raid. Can you imagine being in a Stanley Cup raid when you didn't win the Stanley Cup? As nice as it was a tribute from the city, you know, as players, we lost. You know, we didn't bring back what we were looking for. And so the next year, uh, in fact, the player, the great offensive players were still great, but all of a sudden you saw the center iceman coming back in the zone and, and the breakout system a little bit better. You saw the mid-ice play a little bit changed. And so I think it was amazing that Yaroslav Pozar, our first-year player, who had been, you know, playing throughout the world, kind of gave us all a bit of a, a head shake saying, uh, if you want to win the scoring championship, that's great, but you want to win the Stanley Cup, this is what I have to do. So I think it was a relief. And to be honest with you, Cam, at the end of the, the seven games and then the five games, you're so exhausted that really it's more of a relief than anything. We went long into many years. And although we really enjoyed celebrating the championship with our friends and family and, of course, all the fans in Edmonton, I mean, we were exhausted. I can hardly lift the Stanley Cup over my shoulders because, A, it's heavy, but, B, it's, I had nothing left. <laughs> I was just exhausted. I bet. Were you, would uh, Back then, would the teams have traveled commercial in the playoffs as well? Almost all the time. 1984, we did. Back in uh, 1990, they used to have uh, some some uh, <laughs> nice uh, non-scheduled flights that we could take, so charters that would get us back early. But... Yeah, you play in Boston and, you know, get up the next morning at 6, go from Boston, Toronto, Toronto, Edmonton, you get there, and that was your day off, and, and it was an exhausting time. I mean, back then, you're all young and, and you're in good shape, so it's not a big thing, but nowadays, certainly it, it equals the playing field. In Boston, you go to Washington and, and, and New York, it's, you know, half an hour flight. Um, it really put the Western teams at a disadvantage, and now there's no disadvantage there, so it's really nice to see. Randy Gregg, our guest. Uh, the 1987 Stanley Cup, seven games with the, the Philadelphia Flyers. And I know Bob always says uh, he thought that that team was the, the best Oiler team of all time, and I agree with that, I, I, even though I was voted the, the 84 club. But the, uh, in 87, uh, game seven, you know, back in Edmonton, uh, you know, a good Flyers team uh, with an exceptional netminder in, in Ron Hextall and the way he played in that series. Uh, Oilers had the 3-1 lead, and then Philadelphia comes back to, to nod it up at, at, at three games apiece. Uh, what are your, your, your memories uh, of that series with the Flyers? It's interesting. The seven uh, uh, championships, or at least playoffs we went to, that was the only seventh game in all those years and it was really interesting because there was always a second chance if we didn't win this game we'd always have another chance and yet this was it seventh game you you do what you can by 1987 we already had you know a couple of Stanley Cups under our belt some experience we had some amazing leadership from Mark and Wayne and those those players and so it was not trepidation or nervousness. It was anxiousness. Let's get it going. We have the confidence as good as Hextall was. And they had a, a fine team. They're playing in Philadelphia, you played against 20 of their players and 18,000 people wanted to kill you. And so that was a challenge as well. Coming back to the friendlier confines of Edmonton was a lot easier. But, uh, you know, I think we learned that, that you, it's the small things. You know, one slight mistake, one poor pass, and all of a sudden the other team's going to take the Stanley Cup from you. So... 
you know, it was a bit of a, a check on, on the discipline we all had as a team. Now, obviously, when you have a, some of the Grant Fuhrer, Andy Moog, or Bill Ranford uh, in your net, um, you know, they can make a lot of mediocre defensemen look pretty good because they were so fantastic. Randy Gregg, our guest. Uh, Randy, when when you were done, like when, when it came to a, an end, the, the hockey playing portion, and then moving on to, to medicine, which... It was a big part of your life all the way through, but I mean, you're playing hockey, so you're pretty busy in the National Hockey League. Was that was that a difficult uh, transition for you, or were you able to just seamlessly move on? So I think there's two reasons why it might be difficult. The first is that many times the the wives are used to a really nice lifestyle, a, a, a summer where basically you travel and so forth. My wife really never wanted me to play hockey. She was an Olympic speed skater. She knew what it took to to go uh, and become an elite athlete. What she wanted was was a father. You know, we had four young kids at the time, and so there was certainly, from my standpoint, never any incentive to, oh, gee, I won't get free tickets and I won't be able to go to the games, and that was never her interest. So, from my standpoint, it made it very easy. Uh, the second thing is, what do you do in your life? You know, I've, I've given my my life and my heart and soul to this sport for five or 10 or 15 years, what do I then do? Well, I've been waiting for seven or eight years to get on with my life. And, uh, and medicine is a, is a fabulous profession. You know, it's, it's a, the same sort of commitment. That seventh game, Stanley Cup, uh, is replayed every time I have a patient because if I do my best, maybe I can treat them a little bit better. And if I don't, if I get lazy, you know, if I don't do what I, I'm trained to do, then, then I, I, it's a disservice to my patients. So I think the hockey made me a better doctor. And uh, even now, you know, I've probably seen 5,000 knee injuries. But the next one is a different person. And so we can motivate ourselves by, by that. I'm not the smartest doctor in the world by any means and certainly not the best. But not because I don't try hard. And I think I look back on that hockey experience to, to make me as good a physician as it could be for sure. Love it. Randy Gregg, our guest. Uh, Randy, of course, now not only are you are you busy with medicine, but uh, you're busy with the Edmonton Riverhawks. Uh, you're the managing director. I, I've been to a lot of games. You guys are doing great work down there. A lot of fun to go to Remax Field, especially when the weather's nice and enjoy some baseball in the West Coast League. Uh, Steve Hogle, uh, there is your general manager. Uh, tell me about uh, year one with the Riverhawks and how things have gone so far. Yes, you know, I played baseball long before I was a decent uh, hockey player. The, the fortunate thing was by the time I could get a scholarship in the United States, I was in medical school. So I thought, well, I better not give up that opportunity. Why don't we play this other sport called hockey? Um, so I've always had an interest in baseball. I think it's a fine sport, uh, as is hockey. Um, but, you know, in the past number of years, uh, Remax Field has really been kind of neglected a little bit. The the field turf was ripped and things like that. The scoreboard wasn't working very well and so forth. So, you know, we're Edmontonians. I've been living here for my whole life, and I'll live here for the rest of my life. And we got together 30 individuals who, uh, uh, you know, some of them are mothers, some are accountants, some are principals, teachers, uh, some are former lead athletes. And uh, we, we just didn't want a bunch of old, rich guys. <laughs> we wanted a lot of people. We, we want to be able to give the perspective of what our community is like. And so it's really fun that, you know, maybe we can give a different perspective. And the one thing we had to do is we had to upgrade the facility. And uh, the city's been a wonderful partner. Uh, we have a brand new quarter of a million dollar scoreboard that we, we love because we think it can entertain the fans. The infield is fantastic. And not only is it fantastic, but after every game, the mandate that we've had for ourselves is open up the gates and let the kids and the families 
come and walk around, run the bases. Uh, this is their community field, and we want to share that with them. And, you know, if they throw their, their pop can on the, on the ground or their beer can, I'll pick it up the next day. I don't mind doing that because typically Edmontonians are very, very generous and very considerate. And so the amount of, of uh, you know, garbage on the field is almost none, and it's so nice to see. Last night we had some baseball card signing for our players. There must be 500 kids on the field and just having the time of their lives. So we want to promote the game of baseball. We think it's a real nice augmentation to hockey. And for some, you know, hockey may not be the sport they want to play. And, you know, whatever they play, uh, it doesn't matter to me as long as they're active and, and enjoying the, the self-esteem that, that sport brings them. So, uh, yeah, we're pretty excited about that. Uh, you mentioned Steve Hogel. Steve is the general manager of the team. And he and I certainly agree that there's probably 1,500 people in Edmonton that would sit in the bathroom and watch baseball. They are that big a fan. And there's 960,000 people who want to come down and be entertained. They want to have a nice cold drink or cold beer, some great food. They want to be entertained with different promotions. And they also want to watch young men who are destined to either play in the major leagues or want to get there. These are, are fine young student collegiate athletes. And you know, I take them home as my son. All of them, they're, they're not nice. So it's really nice to see the enthusiasm and the energy. The West Coast League is a, a really fine league. In 2019, as you probably remember, 90 players were drafted in MLB draft that had played in this league. So we're not seeing Connor McDavid yet, but maybe in four or five years, we may see these young men playing for the Dodgers or the Yankees. Yeah, it's a great league, good level of baseball. I know you got Kamloops in for three and then Bellingham in for three starting tomorrow. So it, uh, good times down at Remax Field. Randy, it's a, it's a pleasure. Uh, congratulations on the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, very deserving. And, uh, and I'll see you down at the ballpark. Well, thanks a lot. And uh, first pop on me. <laughs> okay, I'll talk to you. Thanks, Randy. There we go. Dr. Randy Gregg. Uh, yeah, they, it's... They've they've really spiced up the the ballpark. It looks great. It's a lot of fun when the weather's good. Uh, tough to beat. I, I went to many games. Uh, I remember at old John Ducey before Remax was there. At, I think they called it Renfrew Park before they called it John Ducey. But I remember the old one. They knocked it down after the '94 season. Built it up brand new in '95. And uh, yeah, love going to the baseball games. Japanese Village is open to serve you at any one of their five Edmonton and area locations featuring Japanese A5 Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. We are going to take a break. 23 after one in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now on 630 Chat. Cam Moon filling in this week. Great conversation with Dr. Randy Gregg. Just inducted into the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame. Of course, longtime Edmonton Oiler, five-time Stanley Cup champion, now the managing director of the Edmonton Riverhawks in the West Coast Baseball League. So he's been very busy and working hard. And, and like, I, I've been down to the park. I've seen Randy do some of the work himself. Like, he's right in there getting things done as they were sprucing up Remax Field, which they have absolutely done. So... That is great to see. Right now, Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin seeing lots of traffic with people trading in their various import vehicles for F-150s, Edges, Rangers, Bronco Sports. The products are strong. The service is great. If you're in the market for a change, call our friends Rich, Johnny, and Uncle Milt at Brent Ridge Ford. one 877 477 3673 
your Ford Truck Authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. They do great work at Brent Ridge Ford, and I do love going in and having a coffee with everybody and, and talking all things sports, hockey, you name it. I always enjoy going to Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin. Our Ashley Fine Floors text line, it is, uh, it's it's lighting up. Where's that one? That There, Luke. You were, Cody, you'd said the one from Luke. Years ago, played in a beer league, and Greg sewed me up for 19 stitches over my eye. Nothing for pain. He said, by the time I give you something for it, I'll have you fixed up. Good memories. All right. Luke's probably a little bit of a little zipper over the eye for for old time's sake. So yeah, that's that's great. Uh the Dawn enjoyed the interview with Randy Gregg. Uh listened uh, to the Oilers about every day. Uh, really enjoyed that and uh, yeah, Randy Gregg the Dawn says a great stay at home D-man. Uh he he was he was a steady guy on the the back end of the Oilers through the 80s. Absolutely. I remember Don Jackson was also uh, similar in that regard. Uh, just didn't play as long as Randy did for the Oilers, but but certainly uh, one of those guys as well. The Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. Well, I actually got something for you, Mooner. It's, it's unfortunate, but uh, Mark Pissick going to be out for uh, four to six months, torn Achilles. He's obviously signed in Detroit, so makes sense why they made a couple of moves today, but uh, unfortunate news there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark Pesek was, oh, he was so good with the Edmonton Oil Kings. I, uh, I remember he was he was a big part of that back end and, and really uh, got them going in the right direction for sure. We're going to take a break. We, uh, we do have John Shannon coming up in, uh, in the final half hour, our NHL insider. But right now, our global news, weather and traffic update with Kevin Robertson. This is Oilers Now on 630 Chad. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.